0: What a great day. What a great day. God is good all the time, is He not? And it's great, and it's a, it's a privilege, it's an honor to be able to come to the house, to receive the Word, to be a part of the Word being ministered to us, the freedom that we have in this country, to be able to preach the Word. Not every country has the liberty and freedom to preach what they believe is true, and we have that liberty in this great nation. Amen? And I and I promise you that in this great nation and around the world, that people are being born again by the droves. Amen? I, I've shared this with you a lot in the last couple of months since I saw this statistic. Over 6,000 people a day are being saved on planet Earth. They're being born again. And we just want to be a part of that. You know, we've talked about this a lot at Gates, but the Bible says in in Matthew 16, Jesus made this point. He said, I will build my church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. But before that, he's asking his disciples these questions. And he's saying, He's saying to his disciples, "Who, Who do people say that I am? And they said, Well, some say that you're, you know, John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Some say that you're Elijah, one of the prophets. Um, and then Jesus asks his group of disciples that are with him, He said, But who do you say I am? And Peter jumps up and says, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, And he looks at Peter and he tells Peter, He said, On this rock, I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. What rock? Well, it's the rock of Revelation, but prophetically, prophetically, Jesus knew that Peter really believed that. There were a lot of things that Peter was, and there's a lot of mistakes that Peter made. But Peter was a man of faith. And Jesus prophetically knew that Peter believed what he said. And he said, on this rock I'll build my church. On the rock of what? On the rock of revelation of who he is. Peter believed it. The great commission found in Matthew 28 and Mark 16, the great commission is to go into all the world and make disciples of all creatures, all creation. And that's our part. If we don't do our part, then he can't build his church. Because Jesus won't build his church with people that. He won't build his church with people with unrenewed minds. He can't. People that don't really believe that He's the Christ, the Son of the Living. Not people that have gone through the motions. They've made a confession. They show up at church. They, they go through the, the, the natural motions of appearing to be people that are born again and people that are, you know, are really Christians, but not really in their heart. Jesus knew that what Peter said was real in his heart. Prophetically, He declared that. Our part is to make disciples. Since July, we've been leading to our Friends Day, but we've been spending a lot of time talking about the highways and the byways. We've been talking about from the three stories in Luke chapter 15 about the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son. And I shared with you over the last few weeks that that those three stories have a little bit different look to them the way we've been sharing them than at least what I've heard or what I've ever taught before. And that the lost sheep is... A, is, is, is and, and we're talking about the church, somebody that was in church but began to stray. Somebody that lost left the fold. And he said there's more joy in heaven when one is brought back to the fold. There's more joy in heaven than one that's brought back to the fold versus the other 99, because there were 100, so whatever the 99 are. There's more joy in heaven when one comes back than just for the other 99 existing. The lost coin represents someone that's truly lost. And there's great joy in heaven over that lost person being saved. And the lost son represents somebody in pride and an attitude in their life that thinks they know more, thinks that, you know, they don't need the house, they don't need the flock, they don't need their connection. They're going to go do whatever they want to do on their own. And they overestimate themselves and underestimate how important their connection is. And so we've been talking about that. And, um, title of my message today as it was last week is taking it to the streets taking taking it to the streets and the importance of taking it to the street and us understanding the highways and the byways and what those are and how we connect with other people how vitally important it is so Last week we were in Luke chapter 14, and um, I want to I pick up where I kind of left off, but I want to read the story here in Luke 14. Um, so I'm going to read several passages, and then I'm going to hone in on my point. Okay? Luke 14 and verse 15. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Verse 16 Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, begin to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a piece of ground, and I must go see it. Uh, I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them, and I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I've, I have married a wife, and therefore, she don't want me to come. No. Verse 21, so that servant came and reported these things to his master and the master of the house became angry and he said to the servant, go quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lamed and the blind. And the servant said, master, it is done as you commanded and still there's room in the place, in the house. Then the master said to the servant, now go into the highways and the hedges, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. And We talked last week that the highways and the byways, the highways and the hedges, are the, the roads that you travel. And along those roads to work or to the store or to families or to you know, different functions or places that you go. On those roads are people. And everybody here takes different roads. We all come across different people along the way. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that everybody that you come across is in those three categories that I mentioned in Luke 15. They're either part of the 99, or they're the one, or they're the lost, or they're the one with attitude. And they could be at different stages of that attitude. Everybody sitting here today has had attitude at one time or another. So wherever you're at, or wherever the people you come across are at, God has put something inside of you, the person of the Holy Spirit, He's put something inside of you to learn to listen to and pay attention to. So that you can be what other people need. And I'm telling you today that your needs get met when you are in a position to meet the needs of other people. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about monetarily meeting people's needs. That, that may be part of it because God's dealt with you to do something, then you do that. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about being there to help a person who is strayed. I'm talking about being available for someone who is lost and never known the kingdom of God. I'm talking about being able to be the answer for someone that overestimates themselves and underestimates the importance of connection. And I'm telling you, it takes great faith to want to take the challenge of winning a person's life one bite at a time. One nibble at a time. One crumb at a time sometimes. I have, people, I have people that my life touches every day because I go to the same places on purpose when the Holy Spirit leads me to somebody and sometimes it takes years. I had a guy, oh, I don't know, a year and a half or two years ago that I'd been in that guy's life no more than two to three minutes probably four or five times a day, four or five times a week, in that person's life. And over about a four or five year period of time, there was a day when he asked me a question. And that question set everything up to be able to speak into his life and minister life to him and lead him to God. took four or five years, whatever it was. happened about a year and a half or two years ago. But it was one little nugget at a time, showing up and just being who I am. Who are you? Are you, are you a Christian with light that is shining and you're, you have purpose and focus on the people you come in contact with? That guy that I saw for four or five years, I prayed for him all the time, all the time. Spoke over him. Over time, God gave me specific things to speak over His life. And there was one day, there was one day, there was more joy in heaven <laughs> over that guy coming than a bunch of people that don't need anything. Now, just think about the story in Luke 15, 1-7 about the lost sheep, the one that strayed. If all, uh, all of the other 99 are going after one, then there's activity in the house. That's my point about gates of the city. We're a local congregation of people that meet on a weekly basis, that we've got something to say. We believe, like Peter did, we believe in who he is, We believe in what we have, and we believe that what we have will help other people. So, that is enough to make this place valuable for people outside there. And of all of us that are sitting here today, and and that's what our Friends Day is about on the 25th, just bring somebody. Like Jessica said, invite a bunch of people. But make sure you bring one. Or you rent a van and bring 12. Or whatever. Bring somebody on the 25th. Because it will be a day that is for the people that walk in, the new people that come. But with new people and them being in one of those three different categories, as new people come, there's excitement in other people's hearts. Because every time a child is, ber- is born and there's a, there's a birth, there's great excitement. And God wants great excitement in this house. And He wants us to be aware of how important it is for us to be aware of people in the highways and the byways, the, 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 the roads that we travel every day, the, the places that we go every day, there are people. And the Holy Spirit inside of you will lead you to the right ones for you. It's not every person you come in contact with. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit knows what people need a whole lot better than you and I do. We can try to figure things out, but it, usually that doesn't work. I mean, we can trip over something sometimes and it, it'll work, but it won't work, it won't work progressively in a person's life because of a story that I'm going to share with you out of Matthew 22. Let's turn over there. Matthew 22. We want want what we do with other people to work progressively. Matthew 22 is another story of the wedding feast. Remember, Jesus is talking to His disciples in parables because they're still learning how to understand things that he's, He's trying to get over to them. Verse 22 and verse 1. Or chapter 2, 22. Jesus answered and he spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. And he sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. And again he sent out other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and fatted cattle, and are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding." But they made light of it and went their way, one to his own uh, farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. And when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to the servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways And as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him, hand and foot. Take him away. Cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. <laughs> that seems like a really unfair story. Hmm. So the king killed all the ones that wouldn't show up, and then he invite. Then he goes out and he said, the good and the bad. Everybody say good and bad. So he invited the good and the bad to the wedding feast. And he walks in and he sees this one that's not dressed right. So what's that about? Glad you asked. So look at um, at Matthew 12. Back up to Matthew twelve. Oh, I'm Matthew thirteen, I'm sorry. Matthew thirteen and verse twenty-four. Matthew thirteen and twenty-four. Now, another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, to a group of people. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed into his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared, or like the weeds. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you should also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So, in verse 36, Jesus explains this story. And I want you to catch a couple things, and then we'll talk about this and and, uh, what we read in Matthew 22. Then Jesus went sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came to him saying explain to us the parable of the tares in the field and he answered and he said to them he who sows the good seed is the son of man who's the son of man? Jesus the field is the world the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom but the tares are the sons of the wicked one now it appears like in that story right there, that it appears as though um, we're just talking about infant seed that was sown and that Jesus sowed some seed and the devil sowed the other seed. I'm just telling you today, the devil don't have no seed. I'm telling you, the devil doesn't have any seed. The seed was sown, and here's what he's saying. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. So what Jesus is talking about is this. You say, yeah, but it said that the enemy sowed. Right. But he didn't sow the original seed. What he did was, the enemy sowed seeds of doubt and fear and everything in the realm of the flesh to try to keep those people from maturing and growing from those people every every human being on planet earth was created in God's image everybody was there's the devil didn't create people nobody was created bad right nobody was created bad you and I are sitting here today, if you're, if you're sitting here today and you're born of the Spirit of God, then you are privileged to somewhere along the way, somebody preached something into your life to convince you that accepting Jesus was part of God's master plan for your life. Well, it's His master plan for everybody because the Bible says, so you have to you have to define all this with the Word. The Bible says, it's not God's desire that anybody perish, but all come to the saving knowledge. Why? Because hell wasn't created for people. Hell was created for the devil and his demons. Hell was not created for you and I, for humanity. If a person goes to hell, it's because they choose to go. I, I had a guy ask me one time, and this is just my opinion, I'm just giving you my opinion, but I had a person ask me one time, said, uh, if, if a person somewhere that's never heard the word and, and they've never been ministered to and, they're, and they die, they leave planet earth because they didn't accept Jesus, will they go to hell? And I said, it's impossible. Because if a person didn't have an opportunity to receive what Jesus had done for them, there's no way that, some, that, that someone is going to hell. The only way a person will go to hell is if they reject what Jesus has done. They choose to go. God doesn't send people to hell. They choose to go. It's their choice. But all of humanity was created to live in oneness and harmony in the presence of God. All of humanity was created for that. You and I were created for the anointing and God's blessing, and to live in that place. So, the fact that I know that, when Jesus asked Peter that question, Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, Peter, you really believe that. That's revelation to you, and you really believe that. And on this rock will I build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Well, I'm telling you today, I believe the same thing that Peter did, and I believe even more I believe than Peter did today because revelation has increased. How many believe that today? Well, why would why would revelation decrease? No, it's increased. I believe it today. So why would I keep what I believe and not share that with someone else? So, the story the story in Matthew 22 I believe, goes with the story about the wheats, the wheat and, and the tares. And so, the world, God sowed into the world good seed. On the tablet of every man's heart is written the laws of God. Because every human being was created in the image of God. Everybody was. Whether they received Him or not. I don't care what religion they are today. What what they think they are. No, no, no. I don't, I don't care what, where they think they came from or anything else. They, every human being came from God. God has prepared the way for every human being to receive. But I'm telling you today, God needs your and my help. He set it up that way. He needs our help to make disciples. The story in Matthew 22 of the master coming in and seeing the man without the wedding garment, it it troubled me for a long time. And so I, so I I studied that out, and at least this is a piece of the revelation that I got. As was the custom in that day, when you came to a wedding, there were garments that you put on. They gave you garments. And so, all the people, the good and the bad that came, everybody was given a garment of the master for the wedding of his son. Everybody was given a very expensive garment to put on. So, this one guy doesn't have that garment on. So what's happened is, he's rejected the robe of righteousness for some reason, he's rejected what the Master offered to him. And the story of the wedding feast is at the end of time. It's not not someone that's stupid and unaware and doesn't know anything. It's someone that had many, 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 many chances and rejected it. Now, here's the thing. If every single person in this room today is developing in their walk with God, every one of you is developing in your walk with God. And what is first and foremost is hearing the Word. Secondly, and importance is the same, is that you hear the voice of the Spirit. It's vital that you hear the Word because the Holy Spirit will not preach the Word to you. But the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the Word that's been preached. You need both. Yes? So, if every single person in this room today is developing in the Word, spending time hearing the Word, and then spending enough time to understand what it means to hear the voice of the Spirit of God, then every person in here will be like one of the 99 who when you come across in the highways and the byways and the, 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 the roads that, you, that are most traveled in your life and you come across people, and as you're being sensitive to the needs of that person, and I'm not talking about preaching to people. Very, very, very few times does God, has, has, have I ever seen God send me to someone that was ready to pick. Now, sometimes, but, very, but most of the time, it's people that God wants me to learn how to minister to them the way He wants me to minister to them. There's something about learning to hear. When you do that with one person, then the next person that comes, it's that much easier to hear how God wants you to do that. Some people don't even think you can hear God. That's why it's vital to learn to develop that. That's why you you stay connected to church life because of the preaching of the Word and learning how to hear the voice of the Spirit. But if everybody's doing that, and we're not just trying to get people to come to church, or we're not just trying to get people to make a confession to accept Jesus. Because you know, you can make a confession and not be born again. You have to believe. And the believing part has so much to do with the people that are around you. When I first got born again, when I first got born again, the number one trouble that I had against my walk with God was all my friends all my drug buddies drinking buddies all my buddies that did all the things that we all did they were the worst enemy against my life not, the, not, not them individually but what they had on them and it really worked against me developing in God so what I had to do was Over time, I had to kind of change my friends, but I had to find people I wanted to be friends with. I had to find somebody that wanted me around. And I wasn't the most pleasant guy to be around. And there's a whole bunch of people out there that are not real pleasant, and we don't just gravitate toward people that like what we like and look like we do and drive what we drive and those kind of things. There's times, as I shared last week, that God's going to cause you to gravitate toward people that can do nothing for you in the natural. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because God wants everybody. And how do people at the end of time not be in a place where they're rejecting the robe of righteousness? Is because somebody along the way was there for them. I'm telling you today, it's not enough just to hear the Word. It's one of the reasons we have connect groups in the church. And we'll stay with connect groups until connect groups become what what they need to be so that people understand the benefit of relationship. All of our connect groups are centered around relationship. There's other things that are going on, but mainly it's about developing relationship so that we can be connected to other people. I want people to grow up and not reject the robe of righteousness. I want people to accept it. Because at the end of time, one of the things that you and I are going to be judged for at the judgment seat of Christ, one of the things we'll be judged for is what we did with what we had. Did all I do is focus on myself and the things that pertain to me? Or did I live my life? fulfilling the purpose and plan God had for me when Jesus left the earth, and that was to go and make disciples. Great commission, great commandment. Great commandment was to love God and to love people. But the only way you love people is when you realize how much God loved you. That's what will cause the walls to come down and the fears about about just being who you are to other people. Listen. Listen. Nobody knows more than I do how busy that all of our lives are. But people today are getting saved by the droves and God wants us to be a part of that. I don't care what everybody else says. I don't care how many other groups of religious people are you know, being added to religious organizations. There's 6,000 plus people a day on planet earth that are being born again. And I and I want to I want to see the stat at the end uh, you know by, by the end of 2016 I want to see that about eight or ten thousand a day you know and and, and, and it's going to be that way because we're going to be a part of that see we are a part of it we're going to continue to be a part of raising that number of people not just getting born again. But people accepting the robe of righteousness and accepting the fact that they're the righteousness of God in Christ, that they can be delivered of their past. Old things are passed away and everything is brand new. And the way that you and I get that way and live that way is by being involved in other people's lives. It's not something that's real popular. But I'm telling you, when it catches on, it's like a wildfire. Se- several years back, we had we had, we had cut a bunch of cedar down on this property. We had a bunch of piles all over the place. How many remember? You remember that, David? You and I were out there with uh, with potato sacks. You remember that? <laughs> uh, we we lit those things on fire it was a sunny day. Everything's fine, no wind. Lit those about twelve or fourteen of those cedar tree piles on fire. Lee Dunning was there. Had he had to d- go get his bobcat. And uh, and all of a sudden, this north wind, or no, it was a south wind, wasn't it? It was south wind, yeah, hot south wind. hot south wind coming from the from the Gulf, and it blows in. And I mean, those those piles caught, but then so did everything else. I mean, it just caught on. <laughs> and it, you know, if we had had to call the fire department, they would have never let us burn again. We have one hundred and twenty two acres here, so we got a lot of room to burn stuff on. But if we'd have called the fire department, then they would have known we, we weren't able to handle it, so we handled it <laughs> and it started at eight o'clock in the morning, and about ten o'clock that night we were finally done. I can remember I can remember black stuff coming out of my nose. <laughs> it was wild, but it caught on <laughs> and I'm telling you. The more we get involved with people, it catches. And God's desiring for something to be caught because it's not a labor that it's not, it's not laboring for people that we're involved in. God wants us at peace with it. But he wants us involved in what is important to him. God cannot build his church that the gates of hell can't prevail against unless people are embracing the robe of righteousness and and people are turning around and making disciples. You can be born again for a day and turn around and make a disciple. It's not how much we know, it's what we do with what we know. That's what matters. And I always read that story thinking that that master was really, that God was really harsh until it hit me. That's the end of time. We don't want people to live and at the end of time have rejected God because we didn't take the time to invest into people. And like I said, it's not a labor. I'm not saying this to speak condemnation that you need to not go knock on your neighbor's door. Maybe it's not your neighbor. Just be aware. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Allow God to just tell you to be nice to somebody. You know? Help someone. Just do something that is abnormal, that'll, that will get their attention, you know? Have you ever, you ever been somewhere and you, you're, you're in a restaurant somewhere and you just decide to buy somebody's meal you don't even know sitting next to you? And, and, it, and it just, it gets their attention. I mean, you don't have to do that. And, and you, you don't want to do something, you don't want to do something for somebody that you know that they're going to do it back for you. You want to do something that will be a blessing. And only God knows. So it's not about going out and buying everybody's meal that's going to do something. You, you hear what I said? It's doing what God tells you to do. And there are people everywhere in the highways and the byways and the the, the roads most traveled in your life that need what you have. And I'm telling you, you need to give it to them more than you think you do. More than you think you do, you need to be giving it to them. Can you say yes and amen? Um, <clears throat> turn to John 14 and we'll end with this. <clears throat> John 14. And we'll kind of pick this up next week. But in verse 1 he says, Let not your heart be troubled. In John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This is, this is a story that was... Uh, th- this is a, a, an account of Jesus on that side of the cross. And He was making a statement here that He's telling His disciples, look, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Did He? Yes, He already did. He's prepared that place so that where He is, we can be also. Now, You know, I'm not into, this isn't about a debate over what this is talking about right here. But say this after me. Heaven is a real place. Okay? So, that's our ultimate destination. Heaven is a real place. But heaven was brought to earth through Jesus Christ, and heaven is in you and I. And the place, the place that He went to prepare for you and I, was that place that Peter began to step into when he said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. That revelation, that place of revelation so that I can hear the voice of God and so I can be where He is. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in all power and authority and dominion. I have the right to operate in that power and authority and dominion because of the place that He prepared. He, the Son of Man, prepared a place for all of humanity to operate and live in. And we weren't created to have all dominion and authority in the earth that He gave us just for ourselves. That dominion and authority and power was given to us to have for other people. To live our lives for others in that authority. At verse 12 He says, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in Me... The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now think about what these guys are thinking about when he's saying this. They've seen him do some amazing works to this point right here. And they saw him do some other really amazing things after this. And they're sitting there going... You're telling me the things that, you, that you're doing that will do? I mean, they were, they were trying to catch this. But watch what he says. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. This Spirit of truth, look at verse 25, these things that I have spoken to you while you uh, while being present with you that but the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send, he will teach you all things and watch this he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you after the day of Pentecost and in their earthly ministries, all the disciples and everybody that was connected to him because of the Holy Spirit he brought to remembrance all the things. Remember the day when he said the works that I'm doing now, you'll do an even greater. What happened? They grabbed a hold of that. Now, they preached that to other people, and now it's been preached for over 2,000 years, so the things that Jesus said to those disciples are the same things He's saying to you and I, the works that He did, will do an even greater works if we embrace that robe of righteousness. If we embrace the fact that we're the righteousness of God in Christ, not because of what we've done, but because who He is. And if I receive that, it will transform my life, it will change my life, and it will prepare me to be in a position and in alignment so that I'm operating in the authority and the dominion that God gave me and I'm using it for the good of other people. I'm not, it's not just about me. It's not for me to you know cast a devil out of somebody or raise the dead or heal the sick so people can think I'm all that. No, it's because there's a need. I can't tell you how many people through the years that I prayed for or I laid hands on or cast a devil out of somebody or done something according to the scripture because of what I was taught, and there was nobody around. No cameras. Nobody that could say, wow, that was really awesome. Why? Because it was based on the moment. And the need. And when I laid hands on them, or when I spoke to their bodies and things changed, it didn't matter how everybody else knew. You you know how many times Jesus told the people that he healed, don't go tell anybody? Why? Because when you read the life of Jesus, he was wore to a nub. You know what a nub is? He was worn down. He kept telling his disciples, "Uh, let's go into the house. And he goes in the house and they follow him. No, they are My My daughter is sick and I need you to pray for her. And, and then he goes somewhere else and he says, get in the boat and move it away. And he moved it away and all the people, I mean thousands of people, they thronged. They, everywhere he went, they were, wow. And he was in an earthly body and it wore him out. It's not about what other people think. It's about what do I believe and what am I going to do in the moment when the Holy Spirit says, I want you to do this what's going to happen when the holy spirit says i want you to challenge this person i want you to love this person i want you to give this to somebody i want you to do this thing it's not what other people it's not if anybody else is around or anybody else that knows any examples i'm sharing with you have been things from way in the past but in the moment it wasn't about who was watching or who who knew anything about it it was the fact that it works the works that I did, you'll do an even greater works because I've gone to the Father. I've prepared a place for you. I'm at the right hand of the Father. Now, heaven has been brought to earth. You can operate in the same dominion and authority. And I, I'm just telling you today, you and I aren't getting older, we're getting better. Everything's getting better in our lives. Why? Because of God and because of the... We're not getting older, we're getting better. Stronger. More sure. We're, we're getting... Wealthier. We're getting healthier. We're getting everything that God's Word says is so. We're getting who God says we are, right? God's positioned you and He's placed you.